0: Ayer's on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi, we're back on Ayer's on the Road. It is the Christmas season and we've been back and forth on the road um, all over Utah, it seems like, mostly to Provo and back and Park City and back and Ogden and back and it's been a wild time I'm sure that if you're listening live this is you feel the same it is one of those wonderful seasons of the year when you get around a lot.
1: You know people we talk to so many people who get so hassled at Christmas time and the traffic is bad and they're trying to get the last minute shopping and boy we all need to just pull back and take a deep breath and think about the real meaning of Christmas and look into our kids' eyes, and just appreciate the magic of the season, don't we, honey? We do. It's
0: hard not to get caught up, though, when your little girl wants a baby alive and they're all sold out everywhere. Well, <laughs> that's
1: and going back a few years. It is,
0: but you know what? They have baby lives again. Oh, I no, really? I noticed at Costco, yes. It's <laughs> wow. amazing. Oh, it's such a, it's such a dilemma because you want to just enjoy the peace and joy of Christmas and remember what it's all about and you have to have things that pull you back so you can remember
1: well and we have such an interesting christmas in our own family this year because we have a wedding we're leaving tomorrow to head down to the desert of arizona where our oldest grandson is getting married it's just shocking to think it about it it is shocking that, because
0: it? he's not very old <laughs>
1: And it's on the 20, on the twentieth, and so Christmas becomes the season of marriage as well as Christmas, and so the gathering gets bigger than usual. And what a what a thing you know to 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 have that happen right near Christmas. It's, yeah, it's going to be quite is. a thing.
0: Well, this this poor boy, not, well this lucky boy is on. Well, this really talented boy is on <laughs> the BYU volleyball team, and so they only have four and a half days for a honeymoon. <laughs> and then he's got to be back to practice on the day after christmas and so he's getting married on the 20th really and they're going to travel to a little bit together not too far but
1: so our our uh, of our nine children um seven of them will make it the only ones that can the ones that live in hawaii and the ones that live in zurich switzerland but the one from our daughter from london is coming and so it'll be uh, real, it'll be like a gathering on steroids. For and Christmas. it
0: will because our darling family from New York City is coming. They have three little kids, including a baby, um, and a living living in a five story walk up in Manhattan. And uh, they ha- they're bringing a little daughter who's just kind of a dynamite herself. Just one <laughs> is dynamite. <laughs> And she just ran into a scaffolding pole last week It knocked at her tooth. And um, I, I shouldn't laugh because I'm sure it really hurt at the time. But it's just so typical of her because she's unaware of where she is. She's just going pell-mell into a post.
1: <laughs> so the busyness of the holidays, it's quite a season. And we thought what we'd do today is pull back a little. And we had some comments from listeners last time on this whole business of how we help our children focus on the needs of others a little bit at Christmas and get the true spirit of Christmas, the true spirit of giving. And we mentioned just in passing last week that um, we have a tradition in our family that started long, long ago when our kids were very small, and we call it a Children for Children Concert. And the basic idea is really simple. We we it originated when we were trying to think how can how can we do something for less fortunate families and children where where our children really feel like it's them that's doing it, not us. In other words, you know, if if, if parents give some charity or go to an orphanage or or do something for those that are less fortunate, and the kids are just kind of little tag-alongs to sort of observe what's going on. That's one thing, and there, there's certainly some value in that. But what if there was a way where the kids themselves feel like we're the ones that are actually helping those who have less than we do? And and the idea we came up with way back then, this is now probably 30 or 40 years ago, was that every year we would do this little concert called the Children for Children Concert. And I remember the first one, Linda, where we we just had all the kids in the neighborhood do a talent. And if they played the piano or if they played the violin or if they could do a little dance or if they could tell a joke or or whatever, and all the kids did something and all their parents showed up as the audience and paid an admission to come and watch these kids do their talent. And then we made sure the kids understood, okay, now that's your money, the money that came in from, you just used your talent to raise this money. Just like if you were a singer and someone paid to come to your concert, or if you were a ball player and someone came to your game, that money that they paid is your money now. And you kids own the money, and you kids are now sending it to this orphanage or to this charity or to this place in the world where children are very poor and really need help. And, and what we were so amazed at is that the kids really got it. I mean, they really felt like, wow, we raised that money and we send it to help those children. And it just expanded the meaning of Christmas in, in such a beautiful way.
0: Well, we did talk about this uh, quite a lot last time, but the reason we're aware of it again is that another one of our families uh, did a Children for Children concert, and um, it was so fun to watch. Um, our grandson, who just turned 13, um Was the one who explained the situation and welcomed the audience. Explained the situation. Did the program. Well, he sent out all the
1: kids. Sent out all the invitations. They called
0: everybody and had them, you know, rallied them up to to present their talents. And then we had a little granddaughter who is eleven.
1: Who was the MC? Who was the MC?
0: And it was hilarious. (laughs) She announced
1: every number. And, you know, the great thing about it is the parents just pulled back. They were just sitting in the audience. They weren't involved at all. And here were all these kids, and this 11-year-old was announcing the program. Well,
0: at one point, one girl played a beautiful violin piece. It was kind of long and very peaceful, and but quite long. <laughs> <laughs> and she got up afterwards. She had a comment after every one year. You know, she said, oh, that was so beautiful. I almost went to sleep. And
1: <laughs> that was her compliment, <laughs>
0: It was so darling. And then, actually, what stole the show, I think, was the first number by a darling boy. Sorry, I used the word darling too much, but he was really (laughs) so cute. He had Down syndrome. He was about 14, and he was really a beautiful child. It was so interesting. And they put on some music that he loves, and he did a dance that I will never forget. Oh, it
1: was so touching.
0: Oh, he was so darling- And and everyone was just had shed a little tear or two to watch him do that so enthusiastically. And then we had uh, one of our little grandsons, Bennett, who's seven, demonstrated how to make Jackson souffle, which we call Jackson souffle, German pancakes, ocean pancakes, whatever, whatever. But how to make that pop-up? There was no um, his
1: his talent was showing how to make German pancakes. They just
0: they brought all the ingredients, and he kind of showed how to put it together, and then. There was a silent auction. So the, the parents actually helped a bit with the silent auction t- with people that had donated things. And he donated his uh, talents to come to their house for breakfast.
1: Yeah, so people were signing up to have this 7-year-old come to their house and prepare be- breakfast for him. And it got into a little bit of a bidding war. Bidding war, yeah. Between <laughs> and the two top family. bidders... <laughs> He said, okay, I'll do both. I'll, I'll go to one. both yeah, houses. So they were both able to give the money. So they raised a, quite a several thousand dollars, which is going to be matched one to one by a foundation. And here's what we're getting to this year, the focus of these Children for Children concerts has been on refugees. And, you know, again, I'm no expert, but from doing this, we do happen to know that there are 68.5 million refugees. In the world right now, Linda, which is about one in every hundred people on this planet right now. Oh, it is of so 7 billion.
0: sad. And this is in Greece. This, we're we're working with a specific refugee camp in Greece, and it's mostly refugees from Syria, from the hor horrendous war there, who fled for their lives.
1: But let me give the macro first. I mean, just to put it in perspective, there there are more refugees in the world right now. Refugee being defined as someone who's been driven from their country by war or pestilence or persecution of some kind. People who have no not only have no home but have no country.
0: And have nowhere else to and, go.
1: And and so there are more refugees in the world right now than there have been at any time since the end of World War Two. It is. It's shocking. It's shocking, it is. And we know that many from Syria, many from Afghanistan and so on, but uh, the numbers are just astounding. And what we all have to realize and what we were talking about the other night at this and what the children were talking about is how many of these refugees are children and how they are, they are people just like you and I, they're people who have educations, who are in school, who are Families who are trying to live their lives, and then through politics and war and and uh, not natural disasters. That's a tiny percentage of the refugees. The vast majority are refugees because of political situations and what has been done by governments and by adults. Well, by by adults,
0: by evil people several of them have lost family members and then were threatened with their own lives if they didn't leave and you know fathers who were taken off and never seen again or killed in front of their children it is such a tragic situation
1: <laughs> well and we were of course talking about the fact that uh, jesus was a refugee in a sense i mean when mary and joseph had the flee Israel and go into Egypt, they were basically yes. refugees.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And, and the flight into Egypt. And so what a thing to... Uh,
0: well, the the interesting thing is we were just on the phone for about an hour and 15 minutes with the, a woman named Lisa Campbell who runs this refugee camp in Greece.
1: Yeah, our specific thing. I mean, it's one thing to talk about refugees on the macro, but we do have this wonderful connection with... a. A woman who's a friend of our daughter who's on the ground in Greece running this shelter for refugees, mostly from Syria and Afghanistan, who are pouring into Greece, as we've all read. So the children were able to learn about that and, and know that that's where the money they're raising is going to go to this shelter to this community center.
0: But what was she saying about a snowstorm uh, in the camp? I missed the very
1: first part yeah, of that well, yesterday. Yeah, well, the the interesting thing, and, and not to belabor the specifics, but you know, she originally had a camp there, and then the government took over the camp. But all the camp does is to give them a bed to sleep, basically, and so. This this woman has now set up a, a community center for these refugees, where they can get clothing and they can get baby products, and they can have a community. and They're trying to 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 set up a sewing center and give them something to do because the average refugee in Greece it takes five years for them to be processed and for them to actually, um, you know, get a a, a, a status as a person who can stay in Greece and who is, cons- they apply for asylum and it takes an average of five years to get it. So they've got all this time in camps and this woman is trying to make it more palatable for these yeah, families mostly, to stay there. And
0: mostly in tents, just these tents. And then suddenly there was a snowstorm.
1: Yeah. Well, about two weeks ago. Well, the thing is, they have to walk five kilometers to get from their shelter to this community center where they can get some additional help and assistance and have a community and, and work and try to be productive and so on. And they, they can walk there as families, five kilometers, about three miles. They're used to walking. Some of them have walked over a thousand miles, 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 to, of thousands of miles to get to out of their, their war-torn country. But but it's winter, like you say, Linda, and they had a snowstorm and a lot of the tents collapsed. And, and now they need a way to get to this center. So one of the things that this little Children for Children concert raised enough money to actually buy them a a van, a used van that'll go back and forth, back and forth, and get these refugees to where they can have some help. And so you should have seen the kids' faces who are raising this money through their talents, and, you know, they're going to give this money to these children.
0: Um, It was really... A pretty amazing um, thing this was just day before yesterday so we're it's in our minds so much um, but we're, we're thrilled at what children can do for children when they when they get it in their minds that I can help it really is wonderful to see the light in their so, eyes
1: so let's take a brief break and when we come back we're going to actually talk a little more about refugees at Christmas and how to get involved in, in a way yourself if you'd like and how to get your children involved either specifically with refugees or other things to help kids feel the giving spirit at Christmas. Right back after this short break.
0: Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer.
1: And we're back talking about Christmas and refugees today and about even more specifically, how to get our children um, aware of the needs in the world and to feel connected to those who really need help at Christmas time and maybe to get involved. A couple of quick things, and we'll mention this at the end too. If you go to BYU radio.org and go to our show, IRS on the Road, there is a uh, sidebar that has our website, valuesparenting.com. And you can right off the front page, um, contact us, push the contact us button. Take a look. If you go to valuesparenting.com, send us a little note on the contact us button. We will send you this kit on how to set up a children for children concert in your own neighborhood. Also, on the website with today's show, there is a link that will go right to this friend of ours who's operating in Greece who's running this community center and, and camp and there's a donate now button where you can actually send some money directly to this organization and it'll go straight into the, these camps in Greece and help these these refugee families.
0: Well uh, another suggestion is they have uh, now produced a beautiful book um, that is about mostly about the people in this camp but it, all are refugees and it's called Let Me Tell You My Story oh it's so heart-wrenching and several wonderful photographers went in and, um, and did these pictures and individual stories. These stories, these people about their stories it's
1: a smart thing because it's one thing to think about refugees in the macro but when you hear their individual stories and you realize that sort of there but by the grace of God go I you realize they're normal people just like us who, whose lives were disrupted through no fault of their own, through governments and war. Read some of the comments.
0: Um, I will. This, um, with these pictures, this is a big family with no father who had apparently been killed uh, with lots of children, some teenagers. And uh, one of them said, sometimes the Taliban would tear away your skin while you were alive because you are Shia. This is, so much of this is religious. It is just so sad. Uh, Another little boy said, I kept thinking, I will be dead. I'm not going to make it. Another one, you know, girls have no value here. And that is so true. They're working so hard to give the girls there some, uh, a way to feel that they have a great value. And then another young man said, they kept saying, water, 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 three people died. And that was on their track across. Another woman, a beautiful young woman, says, I just want to live in a safe place where everyone can live united and in peace, whether they be Shia, Sunni, Christian, or whatever. And here's a little boy who's 14 years old. I mean, he looks like our 14-year-old grandson. He says, because, because I'm almost 14 and the oldest son, I'm responsible for our family. The father had obviously been killed. I decided to leave on my own and make my way to Germany, so that he could get some money to send back to his family. They're just this book is full of stories and beautiful photography, and uh, so many heart wrenching stories that is just uh, just tears your heart out.
1: If you want a copy of this book, or, or if you want other resources, just just send a request to us. Just go on parenting dot com again. The link is right on our show page on BYU Radio, and we'll we'll get you a copy of the book. We'll do anything we can to help you in your efforts in your own family to make your children aware of how many children there are in the world who don't have a home or a country and who are being driven, you know, from the place that they're comfortable in into places that they've never been. Again, these these kids in uh, in Greece, where we're where we're working with this refugee camp, they they don't speak any Greek, and so they can't communicate. They're just sort of isolated there, trying to get their asylum. All of them wish they could go back home. That's one of the things this woman said. We were on the phone with her for quite a while, and she said they all wish they could go home. They would all rather be home, but. They, they're they afraid for their lives. And so, anyway, again, what is Christmas? It's a time to remember Jesus, who was a refugee, in a way. It's a time to remember the less fortunate. It's a time to try to give. It's a time to try to, to think hard about the larger world. But it's also a time to think about how blessed we are and If that can be a part of our Christmases and our families, where we're we're not only thankful for the gifts we have, we're thankful for our opportunity that we'll have the rest of our lives to try to help those who don't have as much as we do.
0: And sometimes you just go to sleep, and you're not just not able to go to sleep because you think because you know some of these horrendous stories, people who've been tortured because they had a Christian Bible in their in their backpack, um, women, children um, who were tortured. You think about that and you just think, I, I just don't know if I, what can I do? What can I do? Because it's just such a sad thing when we realize what we have at our uh, access. And the things that we're worrying about are so crazy compared to what these people um, are going through. It's just a really tragic thing.
1: So I guess the bottom line, we're, we're suggesting, we know that all families listening all you parents who are listening all you grandparents who are listening you have so so many wonderful christmas traditions and isn't that what it's all about the traditions of christmas and i guess what we're suggesting is consider adding another tradition and again many of you already do this we know so many families who every christmas they either uh, give some help to an orphanage, or send some money to a care organization, or a humanitarian organization, or they go to a soup kitchen. They try to do something, or they, in most cases, it's the sub for Santa. They 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 find a needy family, and again, we need to emphasize that, Linda, that it's not you don't have to go to Greece to find refugees. There's so many right in our own communities who've made their way here. Or you certainly don't even have to go to refugees to find people in need. They're all around us. And I guess what we're saying is, along with all your beautiful traditions and all those that we have at at, at Christmas, let's be sure, or let's at least consider having one part of that tradition be the giving of service or help those who need it more and maybe we could conclude the show today linda just by sort of in a joyful way talking about all the other kinds of traditions that that families have you know what what are some of the favorite christmas traditions that you've been thinking about it, that we've been thinking about as we run into families who do different things well Christmas.
0: you know traditions are something as you know and some of you may be just starting your family some may be on the other end and have uh, lived traditions all your life um, with your own family um, but once you start them you can't stop it is pretty amazing we mentioned last time about our little bethlehem supper we have a fun tradition of having a Bethlehem Supper on Christmas Eve, and we have food that they may have had in Bethlehem before Mary and Joseph left for um, for Nazareth. I'm from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I, we should call it the Nazareth Supper. Gosh, I just <laughs> thought about that. Anyway, um, it really is fun, and we, go, we get into character. Everybody has a funny hat. We have gathered hats now um, so that they're Middle Eastern, and we sit around the table and... And identify ourselves as a person from somewhere, or part of Mary and Joseph's family, or a shepherd who popped in for dinner, or whatever. And it is so fun. But this is the funny part. Now we're going to this wedding this year, and we will be down there together until just before Christmas. And I just assumed, you know, that we we just had to we had to skip the Jerusalem Supper or the Bethlehem Supper, or the Nazareth Supper. We had to just skip that this year because, you know, it, we, everybody wasn't going to be there and we, we didn't have a house.
1: and and The kids won't let we,
0: us. I they will not let us do we it. We have to have the, our
1: Bethlehem Supper. The, we'll to have, have to do it The two oldest girls like,
0: okay, look, we can do this. We can make it simple. We can all sit on the floor. We do have an Airbnb, so we can all sit on the floor and we can just get some falafel and some rice and maybe a little bit of... Uh, fish and figs and stuff like that that we usually have, and we'll just sit on the floor and and talk about it. We don't have to do anything elaborate. We're just going to make it simple, but we have to do this.
1: Yeah, and and even, you know, we've always had Eggs Benedict on Christmas morning, and they want to do that too while we're there. And so it's just traditions are so powerful and so wonderful. I know so many families have a tradition of reading the account, the Christmas account from Luke around the fire on Christmas Eve, and that that could be such a beautiful thing. Well, and even the Santa Claus traditions are so beautiful, although (laughs) we do run into a lot of families who get very worried about how can I separate Jesus and those traditions from Santa and those traditions, and what do I do when my child learns about Santa Claus and wonders if he'll someday learn the same thing about Jesus? And so on and so oh, forth. Oh my goodness. We so have to think about so many things as parents.
0: I was with uh, our nephew's wife, and well, the girls were having this party, and she started telling us about the elaborate things. Her, her husband is so creative, he does amazing stuff. He does um, animation, but he has his creative mind, and he really went to such lengths um, with. Uh Santa Claus, and I guess I can't say anything more than that, but man, it was incredible <laughs> what they what they did to uh keep this tradition going.
1: I guess our challenge to you is if your parents listening to this show sit down together sometime during the holidays and do sort of a an evaluation of your Christmas traditions keep them they 're wonderful but but do an evaluation. Do we need to add any are Are we sufficiently oriented to service and giving? Um, how do we tweak our traditions a little so that they teach our kids principles of the gospel and principles of giving? Are there some traditions we may want to add that are oriented to service or to helping refugees or whatever, and sort of create this culture of Christmas traditions that are not just the ones you've carried over and inherited, but the ones you've decided to add and to make part of your Christmas culture. We do
0: suggest you get Let Me Tell You My Story. Good luck. Get your kids involved in the real meaning of Christmas.
1: And Merry Christmas to you all, and we'll have one more IRS on the Road. We'll see you next time before Christmas.